Welcome to the Milk Bottle e-commerce show brought to you by Milk Bottle Labs, one of the world's top-rated accredited Shopify e-commerce experts. Founder Keith Matthews interviews e-commerce professionals, app developers and entrepreneurs to share as much digital knowledge and e-commerce tips and tricks as possible. This podcast is kindly supported by our go-to e-commerce tools. Rewind.io, the leading backup solution for Shopify, BigCommerce, Trello and more. Let's just say it's the cheapest insurance policy you'll ever get for your Shopify store and all your valuable data. Simply go to rewind.io forward slash milk bottle to get your first month for free. We just love Clavio, our preferred automated email solution we use in every store build. No wonder it's trusted by over 65,000 ambitious growing brands worldwide. Find out more on clavio.com forward slash milk bottle. Looking for easy accounting for e-commerce? Cinder can relieve you from manual data entry and automatically generate an accurate PNL report, balance sheet and inventory management for your business needs. A few clicks and you'll get access to the key metrics to find the hidden streams of income for your business. Use a coupon code EASYBOOKS for up to 40% off. Check out the show notes for further details. Hey folks, welcome back. Today I am delighted to welcome Anne Thomas. Anne is the co-founder of Design Packs, a Shopify app which adds new sections and page templates to your store for custom look and helps merchants extend the functionality of their current Shopify theme. I first became aware of Anne while she was the technical director at Out of the Sandbox, where she helped create popular themes like Turbo and Flex. And in case you're not aware, Out of the Sandbox were the most successful theme developers for many years on the Shopify platform. In addition to design packs, Anne also conducts technical and UX audits through her consultancy called Shop Critique. I am delighted to welcome Anne because I have seen Anne and witnessed her talks within the Shopify ecosystem in multiple locations many times. Anne. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and chat. Great. Did you like that intro? I did. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I, I was doing some research on yourself. I was Googling you, Anne, over the last couple of weeks. And I just thought it was so, so ironic. I came across a video on YouTube where you were on a podcast discussing imposter syndrome. For our listeners who don't know, it's basically, I suppose, everybody goes through it, don't they, Anne, in in the work yes. environment where they question their ability or they question whether they can do things. And I saw you speak at a Shopify event. It was either Toronto or New York. And myself and everybody that was there just walked away from the event and went, oh my God, who, who is that? <laughs> you, were, you were so, so, so impressive. And it's interesting in the Shopify community because there's actually a lot of people outside of Shopify that are more knowledgeable about Shopify and its system. And you always struck me as one of those. You know Gavin Ballard? Mm-hmm. Gavin is another one of those individuals that I always thought that he knew more on the outside than the inside. But anyway, thank you so, so much for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, on, on topic of Gavin, I actually had the pleasure of sitting next to him um, at a dinner uh, in Australia. It was for a Shopify event. And yeah, what a what a great like technical mind to chat to. And just a really all-around lovely guy in general. So, yeah. I first met Gavin, I'd say it was 2015 at a Shopify event that Kerr Whitaker organized in London. And it was my first ever Shopify event. And we've been, you know, kind of acquainted ever since. And he's just such a humble, helpful individual. And for those who don't know, Gavin runs uh, Shopify. What would be the word to describe his agency? It's kind of high-end stuff and it's technical, isn't it? It's not like what Milk are doing, building stores. Yeah. And I think um, last time I chatted to him, I haven't dug into it too much, but they were actually building, um, it was called Submarine. 
if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's a really cool tool. Uh, so definitely something to check out. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about you. Um, <laughs> for some reason, I always thought you're from New Zealand. But you're not. Oh, I wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's actually a huge compliment because if I could live anywhere in the world other than Canada, it would be New Zealand. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) So so, so where are you based? So I'm based just outside of uh, Toronto. So it's a small town um, called Georgetown. Um, And I used to be in Toronto for quite some time, um, but we recently moved out to more of the country life and I've been really enjoying that. Yeah. And did you move out prior to COVID? Are you there a few years? Prior, uh, not prior to COVID, I've always worked remotely, um, but my partner was having to go into the city. So once the um, COVID hit, though, we sort of had the opportunity to move further out and we, we, took, it. we took it. Very good. And I'm, I'm always interested to understand how people found Shopify, right? So you're obviously Canadian and mm-hmm. you're very much aware of Shopify. But in terms of your career, did you start off developing on Shopify? Or did you have a career prior to that and then all of a sudden Shopify just grew? No. So I actually, um, originally, it's funny you bring up the the sort of podcast on imposter syndrome because I originally, way, way back in the day, um, did my degree uh, at university in art history. (laughs) Um, And then I had a minor in English. And um, I worked for a while at a stock image company. And then I actually went back to school. Uh, for a postgraduate certificate in interactive multimedia. So I've been a developer for quite some time working on, you know, Flash websites, action scripts, yeah. um, and then have sort of, but I've always had a love for content management systems. And um, whether that's, you know, well, I worked on like ModX, Joomla, you know, classical WordPress and that sort of thing. And when I was in Toronto working for this small agency, I built a custom Shopify store uh, and that was back in 2014, I guess. And I just, it was a lot, you know, it's a lot more limited than other content management systems, but in a way it forces you to think creatively, which I quite enjoy. But as far as Shopify the sell itself as a company, um, I remember when Jet Cooper, which was this incredible design UX company in Toronto, Shopify actually acquired them. And uh, quite a few people are still there to this day and have gone on to do incredible things. Um, so that's sort of when I had the inkling that, oh, Shopify's making some moves. They're going to be something quite large because they were still very much based in Ottawa at that time. But I think it was that you know, acquiring of Jet Cooper that really made me sit up and go, okay, maybe, maybe this is sort of a platform and an ecosystem that I want to be a part of. But having worked on Joomla and experienced that sort of platform, it must have been a breath of fresh air to even <laughs> struggle with the limitations of Shopify back in, because that was the the old platform. Like that was probably three platforms ago in terms of... Yeah, pre, pre-sections for sure. They still had meta fields. Um, did they? I remember we... Yes, they did. But it was, you had to use the Chrome extension. Um, it was, yeah. you know, the way to set it up was really uh, sort of antiquated. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was it was quite the thing building that out. I think I used Timber. Remember Timber? Yes, I remember that. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. mad. And so, question: Did you use Dreamweaver ever in your career? Oh, I sure did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I was, um, I did a uh, internship at uh, Union Gallery at Queen's University, and um, they they had a website, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna build this website, and I fully used Dreamweaver, and I still remember the sort of automatic JavaScript that it would sort of push out to like that it would create to do the the hovers for yeah. the menus. Yeah. Oh yeah, 
Gosh, I remember when Dreamweaver MX was released. Oh my God. And I'm, I'm not a developer. I was playing with code many years ago. I'll never forget when Dreamweaver MX came out. It was like Apple upgrading the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> the modern equivalent. So I suppose you, you started, as you mentioned, building that custom store. But your foray full-time into Shopify, effectively into the ecosystem then, was out of the sandbox, was it? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I saw a, I was looking specifically for remote jobs. I had been doing quite a few contracts um, at really top agencies uh, in Toronto, like Jam 3. And I found that the sort of commute downtown was taking a lot out of me. And I wanted something that was a little bit more, you know, to be part of a company and part of a team again. And so I honestly found we were on WeWork remotely. Brad had a job posting for a uh, theme developer and I was like, oh, I, I've built some Shopify themes. And so, um, yeah, that's how that started. So I was hired in uh, early 2016 and that was actually the year 2016 in the fall was when we re- when we released uh, Turbo. Gosh, Turbo was a very, very successful. It's funny, I, I was on the end of the Sandbox site recently and the, the imagery and the look and feel of the original Turbo is still there. Yeah. For me, when I see it, you know, if you go to the change log, you can see that it's been updated behind the scenes, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. So when you were out of the sandbox, your role was technical director. So was that primarily to make sure that the theme worked within Shopify or did you have also a design influence on the end product or was that a completely different team? No. So Turbo was sort of um, in already in the works kind of thing. So the design was already sort of well set out. And I, though I have sort of a somewhat background in design, I had really moved more over to the developer side. So I helped build out things like the mega menu and making sure other things like that worked. I would say that the the main thing with Out of the Sandbox between the development and the design team itself was the close collaboration within the entire team, honestly. Um, so whether that was support or, you know, we would help out on support tickets um, and the project management it was such a small team and such a small, like, close-knit team that I think that was the really cool thing about all the themes and the work that we did there. Yeah. Now, Shopify has launched Online Store 2 midway through last year. And I interviewed Kerr Whitaker, I think it was around October, November of last year. And the team in Millpot Labs is now going through the process of upgrading some of our substantial customers over to Online Store 2. When you look at Online Store 2 now, right? You look at the experience that you've, you've had with it since it launched. How do you grade it? Has it delivered... <laughs> Like, I assume that, you know, I mean, Sections Everywhere is effectively drag and drop, which most other platforms have had for many years. And it's Mm -hmm. one of the biggest criticisms. But it was one of the biggest criticisms that I've always noticed of customers, that you can't just move this and move that left and right. So given that the depth of your experience around the theme area, has it lived up to your expectations? So, yes, but with like a little asterisk. Yeah, no, I'm expecting the asterisk. That's exactly why I asked the question. (laughs) I would say that it, it was a huge undertaking for Shopify to make that change. Um, because one of the things I actually love about Shopify is that they're very aware of backwards compatibility. And I love that from them um, because for, for the most part, I would say, because when they, they know that they still have to support merchants that aren't going to be able to completely reset up their entire theme. So the way that they have, and they went through, as I do know, they went through quite a few different iterations in terms of how Sections Everywhere was going to work. And so they eventually landed on um, the JSON files that were being sort of associated with each different template, which I think works quite well. Um, I think where a lot of people would criticize it is the connection between how the meta fields 
and the unique content, how that connects with the templates and how templates are actually assigned to pages or collections or products or what have you. I think there's still a bit of a UX problem when it comes to that, that is a hard barrier for merchants to figure out how that works, where your published, your templates that are available will only appear when it's the published theme. So if you're working on an unpublished theme and you create all of these different product templates and page templates and, oh, your unpublished theme looks great, you can only assign those templates yeah. when you publish the theme. It's, it's, it's so, <laughs> yeah. so hard to explain that to a customer. Yes, And so exactly. it's so hard to do final testing. Yes. So one of the wonderful advantages of Shopify was, you know, we can migrate you off whatever platform you're on with no downtime. And you mm-hmm. can. And online store too is fine for a password protected, you know, subdomain or Shopify URL. But yeah. the, the minute you try to upgrade a current customer over to online store too, there's going to have to be downtime and they don't understand why, mm-hmm. you know. So it's interesting that you pick that up because uh, that's the feedback that we're getting internally in the Millbottle Labs team is that everybody has that that kind of frustration. We'll just take a quick moment to listen to our sponsors. Rewind.io is the leading backup solution for your Shopify store. Did you know that there's no way of recovering lost data? If your store is gaining traction, app developers or multiple staff may enter your store and there's absolutely no way of fixing human error. Rewind.io allows you to rewind your store back to its original state. So you can reduce your business risk immediately with the Rewind app. It's so easy and is the cheapest and best insurance policy you'll ever need for your Shopify store. Get your first month for free by simply replying to your first email from Rewind and mention this podcast. Now, regular listeners will know I love Clavio. It's the single biggest revenue generator I've ever seen across hundreds and hundreds of Shopify stores I've been in. Clavio's data-driven marketing automation platform is sophisticated enough to power those legendary campaigns from the big brands you admire, but they make it simple, they make it easy, and they make it fast. To get started with a free trial of Clavio, visit clavio.com forward slash milk bottle. That's clavio.com forward slash milk bottle. And in terms of the speed promise of 35% faster site if you use the Dawn theme. Have you any experience sure. of whether or not Shopify Online Store 2 has delivered a speed advantage? The speed advantage for Online Store 2.0, or sorry, doesn't necessarily come from Online Store 2.0. It really is the, the actual way they built Dawn itself. Ah, so um, it's, it's, th- it's theme-based rather than platform-based. Yeah. So what that means then is you might get 35% on Dawn if you just use it as minimalist as you possibly can, but it, for every other mm-hmm. theme, it's going to be a completely different result. Potentially, yeah, because depending on how they have set things up, um, uh, because each theme developer is different and how you're bringing in, um, you know, your different files and what's being served and and that kind of thing. I think performance is always something that every theme developer has on their mind. And seeing the way that Shopify has built out Dawn, I think gives a lot of people great ideas in terms of, okay, you know, how can we serve our CSS rather than having it as just this giant monolith of a file, we can split it up into individual and make it more componentized. Um, How much JavaScript can we defer? How, you know, how can we have that, um, the core web vitals you know, watch Google <laughs> is the big thing now, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> making sure that they have that loading in, you know, the initial content first. So you get that really good score. Yeah. So even, you know, the um, largest contentful paint, for example, people have also been fig- trying to figure out ways, even adding it into the settings where it's thinking, okay, 
if you don't want to lazy load that first image because Shopify doesn't currently give you the tools to be able to determine what section is first, can you hard code that in? It's really interesting. Yeah. But mm. and I just can't understand why the speed score is sitting in the dashboard when the speed score is absolutely completely inaccurate for any Shopify store. The core web vitals is interesting for our listeners who don't know. Uh, Google uh, last year launched a kind of a, a change of rule set in, in terms of how they, they rank a site. One of the factors there was interstitials. It'll push your store down the ranking, for example, if it has a, a pop-up. So it's interesting. It's driven a lot of uh, Shopify users to agencies. We're getting a lot of 80-page reports, for example, from SEO agencies. And a lot, of the con- a, lot of the, a lot of the reports make perfect sense. But the speed tests are completely misleading. And it's very hard to explain to a customer that in actual fact, that speed test is largely irrelevant in the case of Shopify. Yeah, I think that unfortunately, sometimes... It's like any when you're running any business where sometimes you're never really sure which lever to pull. And I think for some merchants, they might think, oh, you know, rather than improving the the copy or better photographs or that kind of thing, it's like, I'll just make my page fast and great, all the sales will come flying in. So I think that if you have a really, you already have huge amounts of traffic, you know, you have, um, and you really sort of want to, to very you know, pull that little tiny lever to get a little bit of a difference. I think that improving your your uh, performance and page speed can really make a difference. However, for the average merchant, will it? That's always the great debate. <laughs> yeah. No, you're 100% right. I mean, if you're doing a few hundred million and a couple of milliseconds, you think it's going to certainly make a difference to your, oh, yeah. to your yeah. conversions. But uh, also, it's a great way of other agencies deflecting straight back to the Shopify developer. You know, sure. so yeah. uh, and we get that a lot. But in fairness to most customers, once they hear the explanation, they they, they completely understand. But I, I would say to people, just focus on decent photography. You know, yes. and, yeah. and like an SEO rather than rather than speed. But Anne, the conversation that we, we're having fits perfectly into your two major projects, right? So, mm-hmm. um, could you explain to the listeners exactly what the Design Pack Shopify app is? And I'll just I'll question you before you do that, because sure. it's adding sections into the store, even though Shopify has just launched sections everywhere and I know you have a good answer for that but so explain explain what it is and then cover that answer in your explanation. Yeah so so definitely um I think that sometimes when I explain design packs people think oh it's another page builder so it's a shogun or a page fly or gem pages or what have you and it, and it's really not it it really is when you buy a theme, you get a certain amount of sections that are pre-populated. So you have image with text and you have sort of these specific set sections. And what we noticed is that a lot of people um, would love a certain section layout from, you know, oh, I like this from this theme or, oh, I like how this is doing and want to mix and match the two together. So we thought, okay, well, with sections everywhere, we can build something that is a bit more and looking at Dawn as well, looking, we can make it a bit more componentized where we can serve all of the code in a one specific liquid file and give people these add on extra sections and have just a very minimal global styling, just a, just a touch, um, very teeny tiny, um, JavaScript, uh, just when they're in the theme editor and give people the ability to, Hey, you need an extra section, you want these other pre-configured templates for you, they get added on directly to your existing theme. So it doesn't add, it doesn't change the performance. It doesn't load in huge amounts of extra libraries or anything like that. Um, And it really just allows you to extend your existing theme really easily. 
So Anne, you just made the point there that it's added to the theme. Do I assume, given your experience, it doesn't slow down the site or it doesn't add any heavy piece of code? It's it's carefully designed. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So typical page builders, what they tend to do is they don't know what sections or additional content is going to be added. So they tend to load all, everything all at once. What we actually do is if you are um, adding, you know, we have some parallax sections, for example, if you add a parallax section, it's only going to load that script for the parallax where you have that section, not on every single page. Okay. And is it correct to say then that if you're a user, let's say that you've just gone on to Shopify in the last six months and you've used Dawn as your base template or debut if you're on online store one, is there an advantage to using design packs because it actually allows users to add sections where normally to get that complexity, they would actually have to upgrade their theme, which they may not have the ability to do. Is that the major advantage? So you definitely can do that. Uh, so if you're using debut or any of the other free Shopify themes or any sort of yeah pre-section themes, we have built all of our page templates to use the new JSON page templates. So that means that if you add any of our templates and assign them to your pages, you when you go into that page in the theme editor, you can add any new sections and not just our sections, but any of the sections that already exist on the theme as well. They would normally only have on your homepage. Okay, so... To really simplify it, it's a section builder rather than a page builder. It, it but you can build, adds on. But you can build a page with, with all of the sections. Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So when you add one of our templates, it just it just has really pre-populated those sections for you. But you can mix and match with your existing sections. Like it's literally when you, where the sections appear is that little click add section. And you'll see, you can add as many of our own sections as well as your existing sections and mix and match and play around. It's like new Lego pieces for your Lego kit. Okay. Now, <laughs> when, I, when I said simplified now, I didn't, I didn't say go back, go down to Lego. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> and the other service that you run, I think kind of encompasses all of your experience and that's Shop Critique. And I know that you run audits on Shopify stores and we do that too. And it's quite amazing the amount of stores that have a completely different set of problems or or apps mm-hmm. or or issues. So I, I would imagine that what you're doing at Shop Critique is, you know, is enjoyable. So just give the listeners a flavor for exactly what Shop Critique is. Yeah, sure. So we we offer audits. We have um, SEO, marketing and UX technical. So I do the UX and technical and uh it really is sort of that second set of eyes for your store. So I go in and I look and make sure, okay, you have, I do a complete audit of all the apps that people are using, whether there's any duplicates, whether, you know, this app no longer exists, are they still paying for it? Um, and then also look at the theme and see, okay, is there any like sort of cruft that's left over, if you will, from uninstalled apps? Are things slowing down the site? Are there any easy wins? And then it's presented in a report. And the thing, I think the thing that people like the most is that um, we prioritize. So say, okay, this is a high priority. This definitely needs to be fixed. Your contact form is completely broken. It doesn't work. Or, you know, oh, this could really help with some conversion, but isn't really something you need to do right away. Okay. Do you work with stores that are terribly broken or is there some really clever businesses that you work with that just take you in because they feel they may need you? What sort of customer base do you have? Yeah, we well, we've worked with everyone, basic Shopify, everywhere to Shopify Plus. But I would say that 
we generally tend to work with people who have that more of a DIY spirit. So they may not already be working with an agency. And so that's why they're kind of coming for the audit because they want to see what they can tackle themselves first, as opposed to sort of having to hire someone. Yeah, very good. And do you build stores? No, I don't. Um, At the moment, I do sometimes like development contracts and that kind of thing, but... Yeah, and no desire to to engage in full products. Really, what you've done is you've you've kind of selected a niche within a niche, haven't you? Yeah. So we we actually even with the uh, shop critique audits, we don't do the deliverables, if you will. Like we we sort of we hand over the deliverables, but we yeah. don't do the execution. That's the yeah. Well, that for. was my, that was that yeah. that was exactly why I asked the question. That was my next question because, <laughs> yeah. like in in one way, there could be work for you if the customer <laughs> continues to use you. You know. Sure. Um, yeah. I often say on the podcast that you're better off to stay in your lane rather than trying to do everything for everybody. We learned the hard way on that. So Anne, usually when I have app developers on the show and you're an app developer and you're also an agency owner, you know, app developers are always excited to tell me about the next big thing. And I'm assuming that you have a roadmap and you have, you know, version one, two, three. So do you have anything exciting planned for the future of the Design Packs app? Yes, definitely. So um, myself and my co-founder, Trudy, who is absolutely wonderful, um, what we've actually been doing is we have been building out our relationships with agencies and shop specialists, so people who do store setups for people. Because while some merchants love to DIY and customize their own store, there's some who would also prefer to hand things over, you know, the color, font choices, all of that. So we found that design packs can be a really great solution for those who may not have full-time developers on staff or maybe a tight timeline. And so we actually offer um, licenses as well for uh, agencies and freelancers. And so that's something that I'm really excited wow. about. And interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So if you can share more details on that, or even when these kind of plans end up actually being live, share them with us and we'll, we'll put them in the socials. And everything that you spoke about today, Anne, we'll place in the show notes. It has been exactly what I expected. It's been absolutely <laughs> delightful to talk to you and I really, really appreciate your time. So thanks for being with us today. Thank you for inviting me. It was, uh, I, I, I love going on podcasts and meeting and chatting with people. So thanks for taking the time too. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. All of our episodes are available on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. A special note of appreciation goes to our sponsors, Rewind.io, the leading backup solution for Shopify and big commerce store owners. Get your first month free by responding to your welcome email once you sign up for your free trial on Rewind.io. Cinder is worth considering for your e-commerce accounting and reporting needs. Use a coupon code EASYBOOKS for up to 40% off. Clavio, which helps e-commerce brands easily create personalized, multi-channel marketing campaigns using your most powerful asset, your customer data. To get started with a free trial of Clavio, visit clavio.com slash milkbottle. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash milkbottle. If you're a Shopify user with an exciting story to tell, reach out to the team on podcast at milkbottlelabs.com. Until next time, take care. Thank you.